What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Do, 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 do. This is Megan and Suzanne and on A to N F A M on Love, Life, and All Things Weird. I'm sure everybody appreciates your singing. I'm sure they do, sweetie. I feel I like... Do. do you really? <laughs> I get to hear it all the time. <laughs> Lucky you. You guys, don't even, know. You guys mm -hmm. don't even know how much I get to hear Megan cute singing. Mm -hmm. And she she has the like ability to create songs that like a, a two-year-old would create. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. It is a high-level skill. To create, <laughs> I think it's more like four-year-old. I think yeah. it's a little bit more advanced than two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. I'm not sure that your 15-year-old who is trying to sleep on her spring break in uh -huh. uh, I'm in the next room of is really super appreciated my singing because she came out of the bedroom and I got a look, and I'm getting <laughs> another look. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Good morning, Madeline. <laughs> Your mother says good morning, Madeline. <laughs> She's like, why does this ten o'clock? It's so early. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, anyways, <sighs> welcome everybody. Mm -hmm. We are welcome. talking. We are talking about one of my favorite topics. It really is probably one of my favorite topics of all time: vulnerability. And when we were doing our relationship series. I was like, babe, we've really got to talk about vulnerability because, you know, we do a lot of relationship coaching and I would say one of the basic, basic issues and problems between couples is that they're not actually being vulnerable with themselves and they're not being vulnerable with their partner. Um, and it's a huge, huge topic and a challenge for, I haven't met one person that vulnerability isn't sometimes challenging for. Would you say that's true? Yeah, and I would. I, to, the thing is, is that we basically are taught and have been taught for thousands of years the opposite. We have been taught to defend. We have been taught to justify. We've been taught to rationalize. We've been taught to fight. We've been taught to prove the other person wrong. We've basically been taught to live in an armory of walls, and so. To hide, right, to hide, yeah, to, to avoid, to yes, to avoid, yes. All yeah, that's that the, yeah, that's the other side of that coin, right? There's the, the we talk about like to me, like anything passive or aggressive, is the is the opposite of vulnerability, right? However, it is you're avoiding that uncomfortable experience or feeling that's inside of you, um, is 
actually what's keeping everything you want out. Everything we want is being kept out by our unwillingness to be vulnerable because if we're not vulnerable, we can't receive. And if we can't receive, then we literally cannot like truly expand our life and living and live from a, from a fully engaged place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, many years ago, I actually thought that I was a pretty vulnerable person. You know, I really felt like I was pretty open and pretty vulnerable. And then I started reading um, Brene Brown's series, um, The Gifts of Imperfection, and I really actually started with Daring Greatly. Um, and it was such a profound book for me and a series for me. I don't know if you remember this, babe, but like I went through a total transformation in those few months of reading these books. Um, And if you guys are new to the idea of vulnerability, if you guys have not read any of her stuff, please do. It is life-changing. And, um, you know, this morning we were kind of looking back on um, the books and there's a quote that I wanted to read to you um, that I think is super profound about vulnerability. She talks about this idea of being wholehearted, that um, the people that she admired most, I mean, she's a researcher, so she interviews thousands and thousands of people for her book, um, for her books and for her research. And um, she talked about the wholehearted, which are, are these people that we all aspire to be. They're the ones that feel like they're lovable. They're the ones that feel um, like that they can live life and be happy, like be truly happy. And she talks about what it means to be wholehearted. Um, and how and vulnerability is such a key to being wholehearted. She says, the wholehearted identify vulnerability as the catalyst for courage, compassion, and connection. In fact, the willingness to be vulnerable emerged as the single clearest value shared by all of the men and women that she would describe as wholehearted. They attribute everything from their professional success to their marriages, to their proudest parenting moments, to their ability to be vulnerable. Right? Right. I mean, it's awesome. Like, yeah, it really Mm -hmm. is beautiful. So today, you know, I mean, our little catchy title is the big V. What is it? The big V leads to the big O. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, absolutely. We're going to talk about sex, but it's way beyond that. It's, it's about everything in our lives. If we're showing up in an energy of vulnerability, um, barriers down, uh, your money flows better, your intimacy is off the charts, uh, you feel much more an allowance of you and your people, um, your, your career is so much better. I mean, it really affects every single area of your life. Well, and actually the big O for me is like talking about or being living in a state like orgasmic living. You know, it's like living in that place of like fully engaged, fully alive. Um, and yes, that includes like the orgasms, the literal orgasms. But it that my intent in the title wasn't exactly that. It was more like 
the the O's of life, the 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 joy of life, the energy of life, um, and it all is it all comes back to that because to the degree that we defend against life is a degree that we're isolated and separated from it. Mm-hmm. The degree that we defend against life is to the degree that we were isolated and defending from it. Um, there's actually a, another uh, piece in the book that I wanted to share. It says, our willingness to own and engage with our vulnerability determines the depth of our courage and the clarity of our purpose. The level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our fear and disconnection. Mm-hmm. So I want to riff on that just a little bit because one of the things that I um, – after 21 years and playing in this healing consciousness playground that I know for sure is that healing is an act of returning consciousness and presence to the place that it was withdrawn from. So you get hurt at three, you don't have the tools, so you kind of disassociate or disconnect or deny or you do whatever to actually not be present with, to not be conscious with, what's happening because at three you don't really have the tools and what we come up with at three is probably what we really needed to survive and it really helped us and it was really great but those survival strategies that we picked up you know anywhere by the time there I know in some of my work I've had people be aware that they picked up survival strategies at day three right it's like we we start trying to survive in this world and it generally includes barriers of some mm-hmm. sort to survive. And so the thing about it is, is when we withdraw consciousness from something, what happens is, is that we suspend it because consciousness is the light and the molecules and the energy that flows through everything. And so when we withdraw consciousness from something, we, it actually becomes frozen. It becomes Mm -hmm. sort of frozen in time. And it's either something that we bury or that we have to walk around every day to get out of our house, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we bring presence back to that which we withdrew it from, and generally that thing we have to bring presence back to is a little bit uncomfortable, and that's where the vulnerability comes in, right? Because it's like, ooh, this is kind of scary. Ooh, this doesn't feel good. But by bringing that conscious awareness and presence back, to that place that we withdrew it from. And we have to do it with ourselves first. You cannot be vulnerable with another person until you're ready to be vulnerable with you. And we're going to talk, we're going to go really deep into that one today. But like in that process, we begin to heal and we begin to change and we begin to move forward. So anything we won't be conscious of, we generally have some kind of a barrier up. And vulnerability is the key to unlocking that unconsciousness, that ability to bring in consciousness to those uncomfortable areas and to actually soothe them and heal them and and actually move forward. So I'd like you to give an example of this, babe. Mm. Like when, kind of taking, like when you're, that moment when you... um, you know, you go away from the presence, you go away from consciousness. Like, can you give an example of that? Yeah, I mean, I I think that I'm going to start with a personal example rather than a relationship example. I mean, mm-hmm. relationship examples are super easy. You kind of get in a fight and then you come back and you want things to be happy, but you actually don't talk about 
what your hurt feelings were about, right? Like that's a really, you know, clear example in relationship and we do it all the time. And we're actually going to talk about that a lot more later, but, um, on a personal level, um, like, uh, oh, I've done it again. <laughs> did you, did you hear the, yes. the, that, that, okay. All right. I've got to turn that sucker down. Okay. <laughs> Look at me avoiding, look at me avoiding vulnerability. I brought in something to like break up the energy. You gotta love me. I'm awesome. So let's see for me. um, Okay. So for me, um, actually I, uh, I was given up for adoption. And so like my withdrawal comes a lot around when people leave right and Mm -hmm. so what I tend to do so like this is most of my life what I've done is I've avoided that um, feeling of being afraid to have people leave and I put on this really cool persona that you named cool when we first met Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it's like I don't care I don't need anybody. I'm I'm good, right? And like I think I've shown you a picture of me when I'm like eight and like cool mm-hmm. is in full gear. Yeah. Like she's got she she looks like she comes from the hood, man. She's like all badass, right? And it's like I and that part of me still comes up and what's re, well, I like I think this is actually a really fun tool, but like you go, "Oh, hi cool." And that's a mm-hmm. signal to me that I'm in a barrier. Right. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a signal to me that I have something up. So that's and so for me, that awareness that I'm afraid, I'm afraid that who I am or what's happening is going to cause the other person to leave. And so mm-hmm. I have this barrier that I call cool up. And so when you say when you say hi, cool, what happens for me is I have a choice. I have a choice about whether I'm going to stay with that barrier up. Or whether I'm going to go underneath and go, hey, I'm scared right now or I'm sad right now or I'm sad that this happened and do you still like love me? It's, all, it's a very young, young self that I have to kind of go to and I have to like first of all realize that I am protecting this young self, that I am actually the only one who can release that young self from that mm-hmm. prison and then mm-hmm. I get to be willing to share that with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I see her struggle with that, like visibly. I see her face, like you know, vulnerability is for the courageous. Like we're not, we're not saying that often this is easy, especially when you're talking about those deepest things inside of you, those deepest triggers. Like you know, I watch her go through that process of like, am I going to get vulnerable? Or am I just going to still pretend? Am I going to still stay in this persona? Uh, there are sometimes for me when literally I will sit there, we, we'll be in a conversation, Megan and I, and it's a really challenging conversation, and there will be silence for like a minute because in my head I'm struggling with do I say this thing inside of me that wants to come out, that feels super vulnerable, that feels super scary to say, I'm really maybe embarrassed to even admit it. Right. And and I and I'm in that struggle in my head of like, okay, it's here. It's here. It's here. It keeps coming up. Do I say it? Do I say it? Do I say it? Can I say it? How do I say it? 
So it's it's even as much work as we've done on vulnerability, there are some times, some moments where it is the scariest thing, where it is almost the hardest thing. And so it's leaning into that, leaning into that moment and like giving yourself that allowance and that kindness and that consideration. And what I appreciate so much about Megan is when she knows when I'm there and she'll just hold space for me. She will just be silent with me. She'll just wait for me, you know, for me to kind of spit it out. It's really beautiful and profound. And um, and it always, when I'm able to say what is so hard for me to say, I always feel relief. I always feel more space in my body. I always feel more connected to me. And most times I feel more connected to Megan too. Mm-hmm. And that, that is intimacy. That mm-hmm. is connection. And that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that when you, when we have barriers up, what we're saying to life is, I need to defend from you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, please don't send me money. <laughs> please don't, <laughs> don't send me, don't send me nothing. Right. And when we bring that barriers down, we're saying yes to life. We're saying yes to love. We're saying yes to abundance. We're saying yes. We're saying yes to judgment if it shows up. And how do I be vulnerable when I'm being judged and have my barriers down when I'm being judged? It's um, it, it, it's really profound the power. Like most of us, if somebody comes at us in anger, what are we going to do? We're going to throw that barrier up. We're going to withdraw. Like this is what I've done for my whole life is withdraw. But to actually bring your barriers down in the face of anger dissipates it because the anger does not have a wall to fight against. Mm-hmm. And so it, when you put up a wall to anger, it just keeps it in place, right? And you just keep going, going, going. The key to shifting anything is to bring those barriers down. And something we're going to talk about different ways to do that, but just kind of before we go to the break, I I want to teach you one method, which is just to imagine and intend that every barrier that you have around your body and being right now, that you could just lower. And how my image is like being in a really cool, like badass car with tinted windows and I'm all badass. I've got all my protection around me. And like I... <laughs> and I press the button to lower all the windows, open the, the rooftop, and I'm now exposed. So it's that I kind of have that experience of pushing that button and going lower, 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 lower. And so that I am in that space, and then I expand the space of my energy to, to fill the room or fill the city or fill the country or the world. And I'm just, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Like, there's nothing outside of you that is more powerful than you. The only person that can stop you guys is you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's nothing out there that's more powerful than you. And I know, and and I loved what you described just now. It almost brought me to tears, hon. Um, that in the moment where something really 
is happening that represents an old hurt, one of those places that you withdrew consciousness from. When you're actually in that place, it feels like the hardest thing ever. It feels like you're going to freaking die. And Mm so it's like we're talking about, oh, yeah, just lower your barriers. Yes. And (laughs) it does require sometimes courage. And there's times where it will be the last thing you want to do on this planet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk. We'll go to break now. And when we're when we get back from great from great from break, I'd love to talk more about how do we lean into that uncomfortable and choose vulnerability. So you're listening to Love Life and All Things Weird, and we'll be back. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career, where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or? Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to Suzanne P. Stoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, 
to Love Life and All Things Weird. We're talking about the power of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's juicy. Mm-hmm. We're already going there, right? Yeah, our chat room is filling up. Woo woo. Yeah. I feel like this is I feel like this is a gosh. The thing about this topic is is that that I feel like we'll all be learning what this is for the rest of our lives. And I mm-hmm. think in part because there's been so many years, centuries, lifetimes, you know, of of living in protection, right? Because the idea is is that if you leave yourself vulnerable, right? You'll be attacked. Um, you'll be a doormat. And and I really want to say something here is that when we talk about barriers down and when we talk about, you know, what we're talking about today, in no way does it mean being a doormat. What mm-hmm. what I find, uh somebody in the in the uh in the it was our producer that said it's like conscious Tai Chi. Like that sort of or a keto, that ability to take energy that is coming at us and not defend against us, but let it come through us. Um, I, I think it's such a high-level skill, but it's, I believe it's a its a skill of a master. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to get up in front of a room, you better get this skill. If you're going <laughs> to be a talk show host or anything else, you better get this skill because judgments are going to come and things are going to come at you, and it isn't about defending against it although sometimes if you allow it to move through something will show up in your spine like um like a a strengthening a a, a quickening where it's like you kind of might have this no that's not okay with me but it's not from a place of defense it's just from a place of no like <laughs> but if you're busy defending, you actually can't get to that clarity of that no that would actually change what's occurring. And sometimes mm-hmm. the no isn't required when you bring those barriers down. Like I do this exercise in class where I actually ask everybody in the class to judge me and I they don't know what I'm doing, but I energetically have my barriers up. And then I actually have them judge me again with the barriers down. And I've done this now like about half a dozen times. And it's so crazy what happens when my barriers are up, they can hold the judgment. And they think of more judgments. When my barriers are down, they can't even find their own judgment. They can't hold the think the thought of the judgment because the barrier is down. And we think if we put that barrier up, then we're protected from judgment. But actually what we're doing is we're holding it in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting in, you know, in our relationship dynamics, because when Megan and I have a tiff, when we have a fight, um, usually we will take space and um, and really get clear with ourselves and get curious with ourselves and get connected in with ourselves and actually get vulnerable with ourselves first, right, before um, before we come together to talk. If we don't do that, it does not go well. Or we just continue to fight about the same stuff and continue to point the finger at the other person. So really, like the key to getting through conflict through to the other side, to really heal from the wounds in relationship, because inevitably there's going to be a time where each person feels hurt by the other. So in order to actually heal that all the way, because what we see a lot with couples is that you get into a fight, you don't actually heal it, then you try to get back to happy, 
then you go along in your life with all these barriers that were created, um, and then you get into another fight. And so there could be like a, literally like a huge distance and gap between you because of all of these barriers, of all these hurts, of all these things that weren't said or talked about or worked through, all these hurt feelings, all these things that happened, all these miscommunications, um, all this stuff, right? So it's like it's no wonder then that couples tend to get further and further apart, start to have a lot more disagreements, have less intimacy, have less sex, right? Because holy cow, does, isn't sex vulnerable, right? Like how vulnerable is sex, you know? So, um, so that's what happens in relationships. You know, and I see, we see this all the time when couples come to us, they're like three miles apart. They don't even, they're not even in the same household energetically or emotionally. They're not connected at all. So it's like when, when you can come together and actually, you know, after that fight, after that disagreement, after those hurt feelings and have that conversation with each other from a place of accountability, you know, like, wow, you know, when you, when I realized that this is where I went during that fight and, you know, I get that that has everything to do with this part of my childhood that was really difficult and I get that wasn't fair for me to react that way and I'm still in this process of trying to figure it out and trying to know how to get better about that and I'm asking for your patience with that. Right? Like those types of conversations with your person, they're the most healing conversations where you can actually get vulnerable with you and get vulnerable with your person. Like the moment that I said to Megan, you know, I am just so scared that deep down inside of me there's just something seriously wrong with me. Just really, really wrong with me. And that no matter what I do, there's no way that I can make it right. There's no way that I can do enough. There's no way that I can make this relationship good. Like, to just own that and be there in that place with her. Like, and into that uncomfortable awareness, that uncomfortable fear inside of me was so powerful. And then what? what's your response to that, Megan? What do you want to do in that moment? Hmm. which moment hun <laughs> like like no like what are you like are you talking about when you're vulnerable with me or yeah yeah okay. so when I drop my barriers and I get super vulnerable with you what does that inspire in you well I would say that having just gone through it with you in Hawaii Mm -hmm. um in a in an area where you almost always come on the attack right um and you went to that vulnerable scared place like i just melted like mm -hmm. i just there the only option that i had was just to be present and loving with you i i, I felt like there almost wasn't any other option because here you are barriers down like showing me your heart and showing me the fear that doesn't mean that i uh, that that what anything that happened was wrong for either one of us. It's just like, oh, I, I see that there's a scared little girl right here and I'm just going to be present with her 
and present with me while we heal this together. Because to me, the witness process in relationship is so potent. It's like we think we have to fix our partners, right? And if they're being vulnerable, we don't want them to be vulnerable because I'm got to fix something, right? Or I don't want to be vulnerable because then I'm going to think I had to fix something. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a, um, just this place where when you choose to witness, and that's the consciousness coming to the place that was held frozen from the withdrawal of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So that can happen with self, where you witness yourself, where you're present with yourself, or you're present with that vulnerability within you, right? And that, and that heals that thing. And that is also very profound when you're doing it with other you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, what does a coach do? One of the biggest things I do is witness, not objectively, non-judgmentally with my own bearers down when somebody is trusting me with this thing. And just mm -hmm. having somebody be present with you in this place where you have, like, withdrawn your consciousness is profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually love Shakti's question in the chat room. She's, she talks about, her question is, what can I be or do to allow the exchange of receiving and staying out of story? Like when she's talking to her, you know, to whoever, right? Um, and I, I think that's a really awesome, important question because um, the story keeps us in an emotional loop often. You know, like, you really hurt me when you said that, and I can't believe you did that. And then the other person defends and is like, well, but you did this, right? And so then the story actually um, keeps everybody on the triangle of victim, villain, hero, you know, dancing around on the triangle and really trying to prove to the other person that, you know, you're right and they're wrong and that you're the victim, um, and so she's asking, how do you stay out of the story? And I would say for me, um, because, again, this stuff, these conflicts that you're having in relationship, it's not about the thing. You know, it's not about that fight. It's actually so much broader and bigger and deeper than that that's actually happening. So the story oftentimes isn't, is totally irrelevant. Um, but it's very compelling to stay in the story. So what I do is I go to um, what I feel. I go to my emotions, especially if it's something that's really kind of like a big, big trigger for me, like a childhood trigger for me. I'll be like, I feel really, really sad because I do in that moment. That's the truth. I feel really, really sad. And then I'll say, like, I, I, I'm afraid uh, that, you know, this is, that I'm not going to be able to figure this out. So it's like it going into the feeling, into the emotion, it drops you deeper into you and into the awareness of what's actually happening. Because my first, I will always fight guys, I mean, Megan knows this, I will always go to defense, I will always fight. On the fight or flight spectrum, I will always fight first. Always. I will, like, <laughs> come She is you. a little spitfire. I'll I'm tell you what. Fight her. 
I fight and I fight and I fight, right? So for me, going to feeling, going to emotion of like, I'm sad, is actually just letting go of that defense, letting go of the fight and just coming into me and just being really vulnerable. Yeah, I want to add, a. Uh, I'm feeling to run a clearing on this for people. And then I want to mm-hmm. add something Um I got this clearing uh from Daria Hansen who's a who is an access CF and I really love this clearing. It says, What have you made so uh by the way, if you're listening for the first or second time and what I'm about to say sounds like Chinese to you, um, go to the clearingstatement.com. It is a, this is an energy clearing statement that goes to the core of patterns and undoes them. It's quite potent. Uh more potent than anything I found for moving energy. So what have you made so vital about proof, defense, and protection that keeps you from the vulnerability as catalyst for a new future that you truly be? Everything that is, times a gazillion, can we uncreate and destroy it all? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. And what have you made so vital about fighting that keeps you from the space of vulnerability you truly be? Mm-hmm. Everything that is times a godzillion, can we destroy and uncreate it all? Yes. yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine, boys, shorts, and beyonds. So story is a barrier. When you're in your story about what's happening and what happened and what you, it's we call it uh we call it the he said she said in our house or the she said she said. Right? He said she said <laughs> la 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 la, right? And it's like this uh it's a way of putting a barrier up. And interestingly enough, because you talk, Suzanne, about going to the emotion, the, the vulnerable emotion, story is a smokescreen for that emotion, right? That's what mm-hmm. we're going to do rather than go, I feel scared. I'm going to run mm-hmm. my story. And in fact, when you have a, an, a, an emotion that, that you're unwilling to be present with, in whatever way that means, either speak it or be present with it in yourself, um, you won't be able to let go of the story because um, you're trying to protect from that emotion. When you actually can go into the fear or the sadness or whatever it is, that, and, and for me, anger is vulnerable because anger was a very, very scary emotion in my house growing up. So for me to say I'm angry feels like for some people saying they're scared or sad. It's very scary mm-hmm. for me to say I feel angry. Um, mm-hmm. And if I am willing to be present with that, the story just goes away because you understand there's nothing to do about the story. It's that unresolved feeling that you withdrew consciousness from four years ago it has nothing to do with the, the yokel in front of you, right? It has mm-hmm. to do with this unresolved energy from way, 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 way. So maybe lifetimes ago in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so you brought up Hawaii <clears throat> and, the story in Hawaii was that I that Megan went um and played with some people in our class and she was um and she was a lot later than I thought she was going to be coming back and she had been drinking and having a really good time and um and I kind of lost text contact with her um cuz she was just doing her thing and playing and it really I was in the hotel room afraid and scared and like not knowing if she was going to be home safe um, and it took me into a childhood place of mine where my dad, you know, drank a lot and he was very, very 
um, almost violent with himself and very unsafe. And so here I am, it's like midnight and I'm super scared and I'm just in this energy of scared and like not knowing what's happening, you know, not knowing why I'm so scared. And so when she finally came home, you know, I just like, there's a lot of times where I would go into defense or I'd go into anger and be like, you know, I can't believe you didn't, you know, text me like, you know, why would you do that to me? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But really what was true underneath that is just like, wow, this just brought up this big thing from my childhood. And I got so scared and I just get really scared sometimes. You know, I know you're having a really good time, but it just feels really scary to me. And I'm not sure how to get through to the other side of that. And and what unraveled in that was really profound and powerful for me uh, and, a, and a new awareness about what I was doing and, you know, that I was trying to save my dad from the time I was a little girl. Um, and I was trying to save him from himself. And that then I was trying to save Megan, you know, even though she didn't need or require saving. Right? I was stumbling a little bit, but I didn't need saving. <laughs> I did not fall in the ocean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, especially when you have really, really like traumatic childhood events or abuse or a lot of craziness that went down, which, you know, most everybody has like trauma from their childhood and drama in one form or another. Like those um, those things get um, those those moments get frozen, like Megan was talking about. And you and so then we bring in experiences as an adult to to unfreeze those moments, to bring consciousness, to bring awareness. And that's the power of of facing in and being vulnerable and leaning into that um and healing all that stuff. It's it it can be so one of the most beautiful things of relationship. I wanna add one quick thing before we do our last break, which is that in the past when Suzanne, when something like this has happened, Suzanne will kind of come on the attack. Like she said, she goes to fight. Like, what were you doing? Where are you going? Ah. And what I do is I defend against this. It's like, hey, I'm a big girl. I can go where I want, do what I want. Right. And it sort of pulls up that part of me that would defend against that. So when you lead with defense, what you're going to get is defense. And it, mm-hmm. it has been one of those things that we've kind of danced around in our relationship. But when she did what she just talked about, I melted. And I was able to be so present with her in a way that I know that that little girl was healed from that time and space. And mm-hmm. um, it just it changed everything. And it brought us closer, not further apart, which is where most people end up when they go through a conversation or an upset. They end up further apart, not closer together. And vulnerability mm-hmm. is that key. And we're going to keep talking about the benefits of why, why we might want to do that uh, after the break. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. 
Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? Love, life, and all things weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to suzannepstoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to Love Life and All Things Weird. I'm Suzanne. We've got Megan over there. We're... We are talking about vulnerability. We are talking about the big V. Yeah, that leads to the big O, which mm-hmm. is like, I, I love that you actually said that because, you know, I mean, an orgasmic life. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? Wouldn't right. That would be awesome. Right. Sweetie, we have it quite a bit at a time. Oh, my gosh, we really do. And you know what? Uh-huh. That's you know, this is what I want to say to people because I'm, we've talked about our conflict cycle before, um, you know, especially in the first few years of our relationship. But like what used to take us four or five or sometimes six hours to talk through stuff now, you know, sometimes is just like a few minutes. It's the, we live what we're teaching. You know, we live what we're talking about. And when Megan and I can lean into vulnerable with ourselves and then with each other, it's incredible how easily we can move through um, the conflicts. And that, and then we don't even have a lot of conflicts. Like there will be, you know, I mean, I think we, just a few months ago, before Hawaii, I think, um, we hadn't really had a conflict for like three months. Like 
nothing, just like super, super happy and joyful and awesome and orgasmic and loving and so like really the honeymoon phase all over again, like, you know, in cloud nine with each other. So and that really is the possibility here with um, with being vulnerable in vulnerable with yourself. Um, I think it's just a huge payoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something that my mentor, Gay Hendricks, said years ago, um, he said, you know, he said, if you want to have the most important organ in your sex life is, and he pointed to his throat, and we all went, what? <laughs> because speaking, expressing who you be in the in the vulnerable, barriers-down way actually creates in true intimacy, which is into me, you see, right? And that actually when we're forming in the womb, that your, basically your girl and boy parts, your gonads are sitting right actually next to your throat before your body kind of starts to expand and open. And so it's like there's a there's actually a literal harmonic vibrational connection between the throat and your sexual organs. And so when we are willing to speak who we are, to be who we are, and as Suzanne said, the key is vulnerability. It's not like, oh, I felt sad because you did this. Like <laughs> that, that's not that's not accountable. Stop doing that and I'll be okay. Just stop. <laughs> Yeah, if I can just, yeah, it's like with you saying to me something like, well, I just want you to communicate and always be home exactly when you say blah, 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 so that you don't have to feel scared. That uh-huh. That's what most people call vulnerability. Uh-huh. Is they're like, I'm asking for my needs to be met. No, you're asking them to be responsible for something that happened when you were two. <laughs> that's a no worky. So, you know, when what I know it for myself is that I can feel it in my body, and you guys probably can too, right? When your partner or your person approaches you and there's nothing in between, how your body receives, how you can receive each other, and how sometimes it's like, eh, I don't want to. And a lot of people, they go, oh, you know, the sex died. But actually what died was their vulnerability and their ability to let them in and their building up of resentments and barriers for years and years that actually stop that sexual exchange because by the way when barriers are up you can't exchange sexual energy mm-hmm. say more about that babe <sighs> well i know for myself that and and there's been times where it's like there's something up between us and i i don't even know what it is like i haven't been con- i've made it unconscious for myself i'm vulnerable with myself and i notice that i will kind of unconsciously go about avoiding sex right and I love sex you know but it's like and then maybe when we actually finally create intimacy with each other what I notice is that it's kind of hard but then there's this huge emotional release and I'm like what's that oh I've been withdrawing from you and this is why and it's like there's just this um I don't even know how to say it but there's this way that when I don't have anything between us that I receive you in every part of my being and body, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that you feel that too. I don't know what your side of it is or how that is for you, but that's how it is for me. 
Yeah, I would say like it's almost when I don't have any barriers, when I have been, when I am in that intimacy and connection with myself and with you, like it's, it, it, with sex, it's like almost every single touch, every single, mm-hmm. like it's almost like, it, it's almost like chills all over my body. It's really crazy. Like, how open and how um, amazing even a touch feels, right? Like, um, it's incredible what can occur in when there's that much intimacy and vulnerability and openness, not only with your partner, but with yourself. Like, when I'm just barriers down and I'm not in judgment of my body and I'm not in judgment of myself and I'm just in this moment and this exchange, like, I, you know, like, the deepest emotions, the deepest pleasure um, comes through me. It's incredible. And what if we were barriers down to the world? Like, how could we experience nature? How could we experience you know, receiving somebody at the grocery store, you know, like the checker. Like how could we juice our lives if we were coming from this place of vulnerability and openness and barriers down? Like it's an, there's always more to explore there, I think. Like I feel like I've just barely touched this idea of the orgasmic life, you know, that every moment, every day, every food that you eat, Every bite that you put in your mouth, if it was totally barriers down, how would that feel? How would you enjoy it more? You know, mm-hmm. so it's really incredible what kind of life we could really have if we could just stop with the de- defense and stop with the walls and the barriers. <laughs> but why would we want that orgasmic life? That's not very fun to be all blissed out all the time. Why would we want that? <laughs> Just kidding. I want to actually kind of end with a, uh, this clearing, this question, and, and a goodbye. So this is a, a great question for you guys to ask yourself. What energy, space, and consciousness can me and my body be to be the vulnerability I truly be? Mm-hmm. Everything that doesn't allow that, uncreate and destroy it, right, wrong, good, bad, pod, poc, all nine, boys, shorts, and beyonds. And we will join you next week um, after we come back from Vegas celebrating my birthday. And we're going to celebrate our anniversary with you. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life.